Welcome back to another episode of FCS Delivered, presented by FedEx Ground. I'm co-host Craig Haley, along with Gary Reasons, college football Hall of Famer and a former FCS All-American. Gary, how you doing this week? Well, Craig, it's a little different. Uh, I had a little chance to take a little break, but uh, I didn't go on campus, as you know. It's just uh, got the playoffs rolling. But I did take a trip. I did go to I did go to uh, the Rocky Mountains, Denver, Colorado. I got got a chance to visit with my daughter, and uh, she's expecting a child. And I wish them well. That's going to be happening here in the next couple of weeks, and and our family is really excited. So still good times. And uh, hey, guess what, buddy? We've got multi-screen opportunity here with these playoffs coming up, and I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> well, thrilling to hear the, the the good family news. Congratulations. Now, Gary, as you know, our uh, FCS Delivered is, is produced by Seth Biley and Graham Bell. Uh, you can find us in many places, uh, podcast platforms from Amazon to Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, many others, of course. And then if we're on uh, YouTube as well. All you have to do is search for FCS Delivered and you'll find our YouTube channel. Now, in today's episode, Gary, we're going to talk FCS playoffs, of course. We're, we're knee deep into it. And we're also going to talk about some of the season-ending awards, who we voted for on our ballot for the, the season-ending FCS Legacy Awards. Gary, what were your impressions of the, of the first round of the FCS playoffs last weekend? Well, I thought they were all very competitive. The games were, were excellent. Uh, I, I did watch a few of the games while I was out of town in Colorado, and it was, uh, it was down, down to the wire on some of them. So a lot of fun there. I, I actually had my son-in-law watch with me on the multi-screen like I set up my monitors and my computer, and uh, he really enjoyed it. So we took the FBS level games that we were watching and also the FCS games, and we kind of stair-stepped them down. It was fun to do, really didn't disappoint at all. And I think we came out uh, you know, at, at the end of that action with some very qualified uh, contenders to continue in this playoff. That's a great way of looking at it because there were great college football games everywhere last weekend. And of course, with the FCS playoffs, Started with 24 teams, we're down to the round of 16, the second round, and something, well, incredible has happened. You don't really see it too often. There's only four conferences remaining in, out of 16 teams, out of 11 conferences that fielded a team. The seven one-bid uh, playoff qualifiers, one-bid leagues, they've all been knocked out. It's down to the Missouri Valley Football Conference with five teams remaining out of, out of original six. Uh, the Big Sky and the CAA both have four each, and the SOCON, the Southern Conference, has three. I mean, it takes you to the power conferences, Gary, but at the same time, you do like to see a little bit more spread out. What do you think that we're down to only four conferences with 16 teams? Well, it shows what the truth of what the FCS is. It's competitive, and these conferences, the ones that are still left in this, are really the ultra conferences today. That's what's happening right now. This is how strong these conferences are. And when we talk about them throughout the season, Craig, we're talking about these teams from these conferences for the most part because they have you know, been playing superlative football. And that's what it takes, Craig, to, to win a championship. You have to play good football consistently throughout the entire season. We've been talking about these teams for, for the entire season. And uh, it's coming to fruition here with what uh, we've talked about previously. And I, still, I think that uh, we've got a good uh, group here continuing in the playoff. Well, I always kind of look at the college football playoff on the FBS, and you do want to see the power conferences in the end, power teams. I, I think it's probably the case here, and we're going to have that with what's left in the playoffs. 
And let's get right to it, Gary. Well, let's go to the top half of the bracket, which is uh, anchored by South Dakota State, the defending national champion. Let's look at those four games here in this first segment. First one, uh, let's do Youngstown State coming off a win at Duquesne. They're at the eighth seed, Villanova. These teams haven't met since 1999, but they have a history of close games, Gary, including three playoff games that were real tight. Tell us about this matchup. Well, Youngstown State and Villanova. Villanova, obviously, as you mentioned, Craig, they are the eighth seed. You know, Villanova, people really don't realize this about them. They have one of the best defenses in the FCS, and I think that they're going to be the difference maker in this football game. Young State quarterback, uh, Mitch Davidson, you know, he's somebody that's not talked about quite a bit, but he's a very competent quarterback. And, you know, for, for Villanova, they've got a quarterback in Connor Watkins who can throw the ball down the field just as well. And I think that we're going to have a good matchup here in this ball game. But I think, you know, Villanova, don't you think, Craig, playing at home, they might be the favorite here? <laughs> well, as you know, the, the FCS playoffs is all about the home teams. They win three out of four games, like 74% of the time. And it's tough to pick against home games. I really, you know, last year, last two years, they're 15 and one in the second round, the home teams. If I'm going to pick one that's a road team in this one, I, I'm probably going to go Youngstown State. But saying that, I almost feel like I'm wrong because the home team's really coming off a week of uh, a bye. I love what you said about Mitch Davidson. Uh, he helped them last week against Duquesne to a 300-yard passer, a 100-yard rusher, 100-yard receiver. They're just on a roll. That's why I'm going to go with Youngstown State here. But again, it's almost like I feel wrong because Villanova will be difficult coming off a bye at home. All right, that winner will play, wow, probably South Dakota State. The number one seed is hosting Mercer. Mercer coming off a 17-7 win over uh, Gardner-Webb. It's a first-time meeting, Gary. You really have to like, the. I think, the Jackrabbits at home. Is it possible for a monumental upset? Uh, the Jackrabbits at home, Coach Rogers continuing the, the excellent play that South Dakota State has displayed all year long. You don't get to 11-0 by, by accident. It is, it is something very, very special. This team is the most powerful, I think, in the FCS and really in recent years that we've seen, Craig, and it is it's really tremendous. Uh, you know, and obviously when you play great defense, they're number one in scoring defense and in total defense. So if you can't score against the Jackrabbits, you're not going to win the football game. And I think Mercer's going to have, have a tough time on the road in that environment. I think that South Dakota State is, is going to be just fine in this one. Yeah, Mercer has that, you know, dynamic wide receiver duo, Ty James, Devron, Devron Harper. But you're right about South Dakota State. I mean, 11-0 this year, six top 25 wins already, 25 straight wins going back to last year, which is the fourth longest streak in FCS history. And, of course, 18 home wins in a row. It has to be the Jackrabbits, I'm sure. They're a heavy favorite. All right, the other half of this side of the bracket, Albany, the fifth seed, coming off a bye. It's an all-CAA matchup, Gary. They're hosting Richmond. Richmond really uh, looked good in the second half last week. They beat North Carolina Central 49-27. They've been on a roll lately. All-CAA, you kind of like these rematch. Well, it's not a rematch because they didn't face off in the regular season, but you kind of like these conference matchups in the playoffs. Who do you like in this one? 
Yeah, I like this game because of because of the mascots, the spiders at the Great Danes. Isn't that, isn't that amazing? That's really good stuff. But you know what? I think that at home, obviously, Albany has played very, very well. I had a chance to go on campus there this season to talk to Dylan Kelly, their excellent linebacker. And I think the defense is going to be big in this team, in this game for both teams. I think it's a close game. I think this is one of those pick'em games. I think that Albany really, though, has a little bit of momentum. They went 6-0 and in conference play this season, and I think that that uh, might give them enough, uh, you know, power to bring that over the over the hump and get get the win in this one. I think this is a close game, Craig, and and I think we could see, uh, uh, you know, Albany winning this one. <laughs> well, Great Danes, Spiders, Jackrabbits, Penguins, this side of the bracket is loaded in great nicknames, Gary. I'm going to go Great Danes. Um, I think Reese Poffenbarger is an outstanding quarterback. He really, you know, spreads it around and, and can throw downfield. He's always been good with his TD to, to in limiting interceptions to the amount of TDs he throws. Uh, I just think that by and being at home, you Albany 5-0 and at home this year and decisively in their games, I like the Great Danes. All right, this winner will play the winner of Southern Illinois at the fourth seed. Uh, Idaho. It's been moved to, to ESPN 2 uh, Saturday night, 10 p.m. Eastern. All the games are on ESPN Plus, including this one, but this one's on ESPN 2, Gary. Great first-time matchup, especially with the Salukis coming in off a first playoff uh, shutout they've ever had. And I think it's 11 appearances, 35 to nothing over Nichols. Uh, both teams have won FBS games this year. I, I think it's a slugfest, Gary. It, this is a really fun game, and, and Craig, as you know, I, I went to both of these universities this season on campus and really got to see these programs up close. I like both of their programs. I, I think that uh, Idaho with, with Giovanni McCoy, if he's healthy and he plays in this ball game, he did not play in their last ball ballgame. Uh, Jack Lane stepped in for him. He, he threw six touchdowns in that ball game for them also. But mm -hmm. uh, I think that Giovanni McCoy, if he's in there, he's possibly going to give them the nod. He's very, very competitive. Southern Illinois, though, with Nick Baker, you know, he just kind of competes, competes, competes. You know, it's not your prototypical size quarterback that you're going to have in a football game, but he is a high competitor. This game, Craig, I like both teams in here. I just have to go with Idaho at home. When they play in the Kibbe Dome, it is loud. It is it is a fan friendly for for Idaho. The Vandals loom big in that in that in that setting. I think it's going to be tough for Southern Illinois to, to get a W there, but I wouldn't call it a, a you know a big upset, but uh, I think Idaho gets it done at home. I agree, Gary. I mean, uh, last year they did this, uh, the Vandals did the same thing. They rested uh, Giovanni McCoy in the final regular season game, and Jack Lane uh, stepped in this year. Of course, he was a redshirt freshman. I, I think you know before the season, Gary, I said Idaho and Holy Cross were under immense pressure, and Furman too, because the expectations were so high. Idaho lost a close playoff game last year, but they didn't win a playoff game. That has put pressure on them to produce here in the playoffs. I agree being at home in the Kibbe Dome is a difference maker. It's going to be so loud, but the Salukis are an impressive bunch. They've really clamped down on defense. I'll go Vandals as well, Gary, but boy, this is a great ESPN2 game to, to spotlight for the FCS. Gary, we're going to take a quick break from FCS Delivered, presented by FedEx Ground, and then we will be back after this.
rehearsals for the school play were really coming along. Bigger smile, Mr. Squirrel. Until a custodian accidentally threw away the costumes. Oh no. Everyone was rattled. Miss Garrity forgot how to play. And the queen of the hedgehogs almost quit. Find a new queen. But replacement costumes were shipped with FedEx. And with added peace of mind from picture proof of delivery, everyone could focus on the perfect opening night. FedEx, where now meets next. For residential delivery only. Welcome back to FCS Delivered, presented by FedEx Ground. Craig Haley, along with Gary Reasons. Gary, we've been talking playoffs, and here we are at the bottom half of the bracket, which is anchored by number two seed Montana. I think this game we're going to start with, Gary, I think it's the biggest second-round game of the FCS era in Frisco start, you know, since the 2010 season. It, it's just a power matchup. North Dakota State. Nine and three at the sixth seed, Montana State, eight and three. Ooh, we know the history of these two, including the 2021 FCS championship game. Uh, the Bison, nine time champions, they beat Montana State 38 to 10 in Frisco. They're coming off a big win over Drake. I just think it's a monumental uh, matchup, Gary. Yeah, you got two very, very tough physical football teams playing together, Craig, and this is a, a rock'em, sock'em, knockout football game, and uh, this is one, if you like uh, tough football, this is one you want to watch. I think Montana State really has a tremendous running game, and they do it in a number of different ways with a number of different players. Not only are their running backs powerful, but their quarterbacks, they get them in the, in the action also. Tommy Mellott, and Sean Chambers for North Dakota for Montana State, they are going to be able to run that football and they'll run that offense together in various ways. And I like what they do offensively, and they also play com uh, same, similarly on defense. Very physical, very strong. It's a very, very good balanced football team. Now, North Dakota State, Craig, in this one, they have now grown, I think, over the course of the season. And I think they're climbing back to what the, the Bison are typically at the end of the year. A tough, physical uh, football team that can be dangerous in any game that they play in. And I think this game really is going to be the elite game of the weekend. But I think Montana State, the Bobcats, are going to get this one at home just because of their fan base and really the tough uh, offensive play that they have and really that, and that solid defense that they display as well. You, you know, Gary, the uh, North Dakota State win last week gave them 45 all-time playoff wins. Uh, tied the record of, of Georgia Southern. But as you know, they've played so many home games in the Fargo Dome. They've only played three true road playoff games all that time. They're one and two on the road. Ironically, the one win was at Montana State in, in 2010. Here they go for the sole possession of the record at Montana State. It's gonna come down the line of scrimmage. They're both great uh, on both ends. Uh, Montana State, 26 straight home games, Gary. I just hope it goes down to the end, but I'm going to go with the Bobcats as well. What a what a great environment for FCS football. It could be like a championship game, and here we are in the round of 16. All right, Gary, that winner will play the winner of Sacramento State at number three seed South Dakota. It's the second straight week uh, Sacramento State will be playing in the Dakotas. Last week they won at North Dakota, 42-35. Uh, uh, here they are doing a first-time meeting at South Dakota. Excellent matchup. Funny thing is, South Dakota didn't play a Big Sky team in the regular season. 
But here they are playing one in the playoffs. That means every year they've been an FCS program. 2008, they've played a Big Sky team. It, it took the playoffs to continue that streak, but they're playing Sac State, Gary. Yeah, Sac State is an interesting football team, Craig. This season, they started slower than I thought they would play beginning of the season, and they built their team again uh, over the course of the season, and now they are playing really good football behind their quarterback, Caden Bennett. You know, he had a huge game against uh, North Dakota, and he can be very elusive. He's a guy who can run around, and he can make some things happen with his feet. And, you know, South Dakota, they're, they're a team that if they can limit all the errors that they, that they have and get them behind the, themselves and play and quarterback Aiden Bowman can have a, an excellent ball game, I think that they can possibly do a, do a good job here of limiting Sacramento State and their explosive offense. So I think South Dakota State, excuse me, South Dakota has an opportunity here in this one to, you know, be comfortable at home and, and move on in this playoff. You know, Sac State, I think the big thing is they have to keep drives alive. Uh, last week, they were 8 of 10 on third downs at North Dakota. Just a phenomenal number. You know, Caden Bennett's so elusive, can get out and run. He has to do that again here because South Dakota's defense is so good. I think the travel will catch up to South Sacramento State. Uh, you know, picking home teams again, but I'm going to go Coyotes as well. All right, the other half of this side of the bracket, Gary, Chattanooga. Yet another school like South Dakota that you visited this year. Chattanooga is at number seven seed Furman in an all SoCon matchup. You were right about some of the games going down the wire last week because Chattanooga won on a Clayton uh, Kryle walk-off field goal at, at Austin P. And here they are in a rematch against Furman. Furman won the regular season meeting, but it was tight, 17-14. Yeah, it was fun watching that Chattanooga game against Austin P and kicking that field goal. And Creighton Crowell, one of our award winners, kicks that uh, that game through. And, you know, I, we really could have had a, a fun opportunity there with uh, Austin P moving forward because they've had a tremendous season as well. But Chattanooga gets the nod there, and they're going to go on the road here, and hopefully they can play well. Uh, you know, their quarterbacks, you know, uh, in this, you know, for, for – that they'll be able to play with are going to have an opportunity to do something. Is, is Chase Artopius going to be well enough to play for, for Chattanooga in this football game? And uh, really, how is he going to be able to play? He's a big quarterback, stood right next to him, and he towered basically around my height. I'm 6'4", and I think he's 6'5", or 6'6". He's a big guy and can lead that offense. But going on the road against a Furman team that I think has really improved over the course of the season, that could be tough. But you know what, Craig? I'm going to go with the mocks here on the road. This is my only road upset that I think I see on the bracket, and I'm going to go with Chattanooga on this one. Yeah, I, I'd, I'm going to go Furman because I do think they're probably their healthier team. They didn't have Tyler Huff, their quarterback, and, and Dominic Roberto, their running back, for that last regular season game against uh, Wofford. Surprising upset, dropped Furman from a potential number two seed to the number seven seed. They should be back, Huff and Roberto. Uh, I think you're right about Luke Schomburg might be the quarterback for uh, Chattanooga, but he played very well last week in the playoffs after playing against Alabama a week before, so he's very seasoned in, in two starts now. I'm going to go Paladins. Uh, again, an all-SOCON matchup and a rematch here in the second round of the playoffs. All right, now, that winner will take on either Delaware or the number two seed, Montana. The Grizzlies are at home. Uh, Delaware, interesting week because they've announced uh, in 2025 they're going to leave CAA football and move to Conference USA on the FBS level. Eh, 
distraction? Maybe, maybe not. Is it a distraction, Gary? Uh, I don't really think so. This is something that these these teams are they're focused on what's in front of them. These coaches are right there. Put put that stuff that's happening at the big picture university level out there. But you know what? Going against Montana, you've got a you know you've got a, a something that you have to deal with, and and Montana is a is a very uh, credible number two seed in this bracket. And they've gotten there for a reason. Ten and one on the season coming in and. Uh, this is one that I think at home, they're just going to be too strong for Delaware to to overcome. And that's a long trip, Craig, from Delaware all the way out to Montana. And, uh, and it's going to be a tough environment for them. So I think the Grizz probably going to do very well at home. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, the Grizz are just coming on strong. They they really, they've 7-0, obviously, since uh, Clifton McDowell became the starting quarterback. But they finished very strong. Uh, decisive margin in, in in the games in November late season. Uh, it seems like the Delaware defense is wearing down a little bit. They won 36-34 against Lafayette in the first round, but you know some of that was turnovers helping uh, Lafayette. But yeah, I'm I'm going to go with you know Alex Gubner, you know Braxton Hill. That that, that defense that they have with the Grizzlies at home. Uh, it'll be a raucous crowd, of course, at Washington Grizzly Stadium. Now, those, those are all the uh, FCS second-round playoff games, Gary, but there is another game this week, the SWAC championship game, and it's a rematch. Uh, Prairie View A&M is at Florida A&M. Uh, they played in the regular season. Florida A&M won decisively 45-7. to Can Bubba McDowell, the co uh, coach at Prairie View, change everything here and pull out off an upset Prairie View at Florida A&M. What does it take to do that kind of turnaround after such a decisive uh, loss in the regular season? Craig, now let me ask you a question. You and I have watched Florida A&M over the last couple of seasons, and they have played tremendous football for that entire stretch. And this season is no different. They have won. They have won convincingly. Obviously, this is a second meeting between these two teams, and they're going to be at home too. So, you know, you take that that snake that's out there and that <laughs> and that football team, and it's going to be uh, pretty uh, pretty tough, I think, for Prairie View A and M to get this one done. Uh, I think that Florida A and M just plays the way they normally will play, and I think that they're going to be all right in this one. So, does Bubba McDowell can he can he right get his team to go and, and get some turnovers on the road? He's going to have to have some great stops by his defense. He's probably going to have to you know have some pick sixes or fumble recoveries or put some defensive points on the board to have an opportunity in this ball game because Florida A and M is truly that explosive, and I think that they're a very elite football team. Well, we talked uh, some of the great nicknames earlier, Gary, the Rattlers. That's That has to be a top five nickname in the FCS. So, yes, the Rattlers are a heavy favorite here to get it done at home in the SWAC championship game. All right, Gary, we're going to take one more break from FCS Delivered. And on the other side, we're going to talk about who you and I selected on our ballots for the FCS season-ending awards. This is FCS Delivered, presented by FedEx Ground. When someone accidentally threw away the school play costumes... Oh, no! Replacements were shipped with FedEx. And with picture-proof of delivery, everyone could focus on the perfect opening night. FedEx, where now meets next. For residential delivery only. Do you like what you're hearing on FCS Delivered today? For more national FCS coverage, please go to theanalyst.com throughout the week. We're the home for the FCS Top 25 Media Poll and the weekly and season-ending FCS National Awards 
presented by FedEx Ground. We also take you across FCS Nation with stories, predictions, and an inside look. The FCS coverage can be found at theanalyst.com. Welcome back to FCS Delivered, presented by FedEx Ground. Craig Haley along with Gary Reasons. Gary, when you get this point of the year, you know what we're thinking. FCS National Awards, Gary. You are the host of the National Awards Banquet uh, on the eve of the championship game in Frisco, Texas. And we have five great awards that we hand out, uh, Stats Perform along with FedEx Ground. You and I are two of the 56 voters that have uh, voted on the awards. Uh, we have four C uh, Legacy Awards and then the Doris Robinson Scholar Athlete Award, uh, uh, FedEx Ground's ninth annual award. Uh, that is uh, picked by a committee uh, within Stats Reform. You and I are, are on that committee as well. Gary, there's no wrong answers, only right answers when it comes to these awards. What do you think about the FCS season ending awards? Yeah, first of all, Craig, thank you for, for, for pointing out how we vote and how we do things. Uh, this is something that, uh, you know, I take very seriously and it's very prideful for me to be a voter. And, you know, it's very respectful for me across the, the FCS community to be able to, to talk about some of these things. So we're going to talk first here about the Eddie Robinson Award. And uh, this is the, the FCS Coach of the Year Award. And, uh, you know, for me, uh, I look at body of work. I look at different things across the, the spectrum here. You know, wins are great and things are also you have to look at. But, you know, when you take a look at football teams, you know, there's guys that get it, can get it done. And, you know, I, I voted, first of all, Craig, in this one for Eddie, the Eddie Robinson Award for Scotty Walden out of Austin P. And here's my reasoning why. They went 6-0 and in conference and won the UAC outright. That was tremendous. And uh, I think that, you know, he has a very unique way to communicate with, with his players. I got to watch one of his practices. And the thing that I saw was a highly competitive environment. They were always moving in practice. There was no downtime. Those players loved it, and it's a way to practice and, and get excellence. Congratulations to, to, to Scotty Walden for my vote. I don't know if he's going to win or not, but uh, uh, I, I put him on there as number one. Secondly, I, I picked Greg Gattuso out of the CAA from Albany. I like what he's done with the Great Danes, obviously a, a conference champion as well there. And then thirdly, Jimmy Rogers from South Dakota State. They have a tremendous season already, and they're possibly going to get a, a second back-to-back -back national championship. So I went Scotty Walden one, Greg Gattuso, and then Jimmy Rogers third in my ballot for, for the Robinson Award. I love how you pointed out what you saw in practice because there, when you're picking these awards, there's so many things you consider. Uh, this year, you know, just you know, the big picture, the small picture, something like just how you guide a team or play for a team. I love that, that how you point that out, Gary. The Eddie Robinson Award. I'm going to go. I, well, I went. I uh, voted on uh, Bobby Houck, uh, the Montana uh, coach. His team started a little sluggishly. Some people wanted him out of top 25, but he made a change of quarterback. They won seven straight to end the season with, with, with Clifton McDowell quarterback. They went 10 and one, won their first Big Sky title since uh, 2009, finished with the number two ranking in our Stats Reform FCS uh, top 25 poll regular season, and the number two seed in the playoffs. I think Bobby Hauk just had a tremendous year, and he became uh, the Big Sky's all-time winning his coach. Uh, John Troxell, the, the Lafayette coach, I went with him second. Greg Cadusso, uh 
Albany coach. He was my third pick. That's for the Eddie Robinson Award, Coach of the Year. Again, we're two of 56 voters. The announcement, Gary, will be on Thursday, December 7th. Uh, and then that winner will be invited uh, to the National Banquet uh, January 6th in Frisco, Texas. Uh, just love to see these tremendous candidates finalists for the award. Now, Gary, let's talk Jerry Race Award, uh, the National Freshman of the Year, 13th year. Wednesday, December 6th will be that announcement. And then, of course, that winner will uh, be invited to the National Awards Banquet. Tell us about your uh, your ballot, Gary. You know, Craig, with the, with the Jerry Rice Award, for me, it's about, you know, the fresh new faces coming into the FCS and, and faces that we hope to be seeing for, for coming years here for the FCS because these guys put on uh, superlative action. And, you know, when you start looking at numbers and different things across the country and how we pick these things, you know, I, I'm kind of a guy who, who I think who makes uh, players make a biggest impact for, for their football team across the course of the season. And for me, from the numbers that I saw in some of the games that I watched, I think that uh, what my, my top three picks here, you know, you know, the mayor there may not win it, but here, here's a, here we go. Uh, I picked Eli Gilman, the Montana running back, because he had a tremendous season in the Big Sky Conference, and he had 10 touchdowns, and, uh, you know, throughout the season, he had almost uh, 900 yards rushing, averaged 5.6 yards per carry, just tremendous. And he caught the ball also out of the backfield. So Eli Gilman from Montana is my pick for the Jerry Rice Award. I also, you know, looked at MJ Flowers from Eastern Illinois, thought he had a tremendous season, and also Connor Moore from Montana State. So those are my top three, Eli Gilman from Montana, MJ Flowers, and then Connor Moore. And uh, where did you go, Craig? <laughs> well, I didn't realize this until you, you were explaining your ballot, Gary. Yep, we're one, two, and three the same. <laughs> I also went with Eli Gilman, the Montana running back. Uh, that you mentioned his rushing yards. He also tied for the freshman lead and, and with touchdowns with 10 in the regular season. Uh, MJ Flowers, Eastern Illinois, uh, had a tremendous season as well. Uh, Connor Moore, uh, left tackle of Montana State. You have a redshirt freshman starting all year at left tackle. That just says something. Great thing about the Jerry Rice Award, Gary, it's offense, defense, special teams. We, we've had a... Uh, uh, a defensive player win this award one time. Especially, we have a couple special teams finalists, 22 finalists overall. But yes, we'll wait and see on, on December 6th, see who wins the Jerry Rice Award. Now, Gary, let's go to the Buck Buchanan Award. Now, that's a little different because the top three uh, in votes out of, out of 30 finalists are invited to the National Banquet for the announcement of the winner. Uh, Tuesday, December 5th, we, we will invite those uh, three uh, student athletes to, to, the, to the announcement and uh, we will uh, give you the fourth through 30th place voting totals. Gary, National Defensive Player of the Year, the great Buck Buchanan, who do you have here as your top three? Well, I've got a, a little bit of an affinity towards the linebacker level, and I, I think I'm, this is probably not going to be a surprise to you, Craig. I had a chance to go to Albany, and, and we we celebrated the play of Dylan Kelly for one of the games this week this year, and he became uh, our FCS Defensive Player of the of the week. And guess what? He continued throughout the entire season of having a great season. So I picked Dylan Kelly from U Albany as my uh, potential winner for for the Buck Buchanan Award. I thought he had a tremendous year, and you know, congratulations to him for that season. Had 145 tackles on the season. That's tremendous. Eight tackles for loss. 
you know, he's around the football all the, all the, all the time, a forced fumble, a couple of fumble recovers, a couple of interceptions. You know, those are big plays in football games, and that, that really makes the difference. So I went with Dylan Kelly, number one. Jacob Dobbs from Holy Cross, uh, number two, and he's a fifth-year player there. He's also a linebacker and, and had 123 tackles on the season. And Anton Junkai from UAlbany, he's a, a, a senior, does a, had a great job, had 30, 49 tackles on the season, 18 and a half tackles for a loss. I went for him as number three. So, you know, I just kind of look at things in, in a different way uh, across the body of work for each of these players. We had a number of players. I can't, I can't don't remember the total number of, of, of players on our on our ballots, but uh, it was very very difficult, and it is every single year to pick a winner at the defensive side because there's some despairing type of, of ways that you look at things. I look at the teams' wins. I also look at the, the the play that they have and some of the explosive plays. And for defensive players, I look for chain game changing plays that they make for their team that gives them an opportunity to win. So. My top three, uh, Craig, are Dylan Kelly, Jacob Dobbs, and, and Anton Junkai from, from UAlbany. So that's my top three. Where did you go? Yeah, you know, the Buck Buchanan Gary is always wide open. I agree with what you said. Uh, Dylan Kelly was my third choice, UAlbany linebacker. P.J. Jules, uh, safety for Southern Illinois. We'll, we'll see him this week on ESPN2 in the playoffs. My pick for the Buck Buchanan Award was, was uh, Terrell Allen, uh, the defensive end at Tennessee State. Of course, he was a player of the year in the first year of the Big South OVC Football Association. He was dominant up front. Uh, he had 14 and a half sacks, 28 tackles for loss. I think he forced five fumbles. Uh, he, he, was, he was dominating up front. Uh, he's my pick. Uh, you know, we, we certainly have differences here. Uh, and, and the Buck Buchanan is always wide open. And yes, the defensive player of the year, we will... Uh, in, we will have the announcement of who's invited on, on Tuesday, December 5th. And then that leads us to who's going to be invited to the Walter Payton Award, the uh, Offensive Player of the Year in the FCS. That announcement will be on Monday, December 4th, the three invites, the 4th through 30th place finishes. Gary, whew, they are some tremendous players. How did your ballot go? Yeah, there's a lot of numbers and things to go through, Craig, through all these offensive players because, you know, it's just it's just out there. You start looking at uh, quarterbacks, you start looking at wide receivers, you start looking at, at running backs, uh, and also what, uh, uh, you know, even some of the offensive linemen we talked about previously. So there's, there's things that you have to look at as far as an offensive player, but I'll tell you my top three here, and this may be a little bit selfish, but uh, I like what Mike DeLillo did leading Austin P over the course of the season and over, you know, 6-0 and uh, conference record, tremendous effort there for, for Mike DeLillo and that football team at Austin P. you know, the UAC champions. Uh, I liked his effort. You know, he had 67% completion percentage on the season, over 3,000 yards rushing, 27 touchdowns against only 10 interceptions, and he had a very high passer rating, 163% efficiency rating. So I like Mike DeLillo, and he was my pick at the top. I went number two, Michael Hires from Samford, who also had a tremendous season, and also Max Brosner, New Hampshire. So I've got three quarterbacks at the top there. I'm going to give you number four and number five also, Craig, just so, just so that you might know. Jaden Sheridan from Monmouth, you know, I picked him as, our, as my fourth on the running back level. He was with us a year ago in Frisco. We got to meet him and Matt Sluka from Holy Cross. It was number five. So as you know, as we explained the balloting process, there's a, there's a ranking, we'll go one through five as voters, 
And so we actually pick all five of these and they get, they get points. And then you get accumulative points of how many points you have total that we then uh, are able to pick that winner. It's not a pick process by Craig or myself. It's all 56 mathematically created here. So on my Walter Payton Award, it's Delillo, Hires, and Brosner. How, Brosner, how did you go? As you talk about these players, it just dawns on me how just widespread the talent is across the nation. I mean, it's it's tough to pick. Uh, my pick for the Walter Payton Award, I voted on, I went for Matthew Sluka, uh, the Holy Cross quarterback. He he basically missed two games because of injury. That came after he he rushed for 330 yards against Lafayette. That was the Division I single game record for a quarterback. But I tell you, he's a touchdown maker, whether on the run, on the pass. Uh, he he went over 120 rushing yards against both of Holy Cross's FBS opponents. His pass efficiency was off the charts, 164. I just think he's just been an unbelievable quarterback for a long time, including this year. Unfortunately, he was hurt for a couple of games. Dylan Lobby, uh, running back uh, returner for uh, New Hampshire. He was my second choice. He's headed to the Senior Bowl. Cam Miller, quarterback for North Dakota State, uh, going up for that big game this week at Montana State in the playoffs. They were That was my one, two, three. I went with Matthew Sluka for the Walter Payton Award. Just mind-boggling here, some of these, the namesakes of these awards, Gary. And now let's just mention the, the, the FedEx Ground Doris Robinson Scholar Athlete Award. That goes to a player who excels on the field, in the classroom, across the community. There are 15 finalists. Uh, there are 13 leagues in the FCS this year, but two of them are combo leagues. They each submit a finalist. Uh, we're on the committee to pick that winner uh, at Stats Perform, you and I. We're, you know, I just want to mention that. I mean, we're not going to tell you. Uh, we don't need to tell you all the candidates. They're on theanalyst.com if you want to take a look because they're all excellent. Gary, what does it mean to have scholar athletes playing football or any sport? Well, really, it's what uh, college football has been all about uh, to begin with. And it is this, it's really how football started at the collegiate level. You're taking students, not athletes, but students first, and then you're putting them out there in a football environment. And now we've created that word student athlete. Uh, you know, that has morphed and changed over time, you know, but student athlete is really the goal of every high school player who, love, who plays football would love to go on to play collegiately at the college level. It doesn't matter what level of college you play at, at the FBS, FCS, Division II, Division III, NAIA. I don't care. If you get a chance to play college football, you become special. And that's what's, that's what's unique about it. Being able to play collegiately, uh, a game that you, we all grow up to love is really what it's about. And so playing college football uh, is, is something that I think is, is pretty unique. And it's something that we have a, a lot of fun doing. And, and then we have a chance to, to recognize some of the superlative play across the FCS with these, with these national awards. We do it all season, all week with our, our FedEx ground uh, players of the week and team of the week. And so I, I really have had a lot of fun with this over the last several years being a, being a part of this. And really, it's, uh, it's really, have, this is what this is all about. College football and student athletes, giving them a chance to get an education, move on into the next chapter of their life, but still playing a game 
that uh, has competitiveness and all the takeaways from football, the things that you learn and understand from that game, you carry away from you and they become part of you. And that's your legacy of who you are. You're, you're an alumnus from these universities. You are someone who walked that campus, you walked into that town and you're a part of those communities forever. And that's something that is really great and something to be a part of. And, and I cherish it greatly and I know these players do. And I love going out on campus and, and visiting with them and having a chance to visit with them. And, and Craig, bringing you back here, it's, it's something that uh, I think that this is a, a, a season that has been pretty special for us, you know, a chance to go out and expand all what we're doing with uh, FedEx Grand on campus and also, uh, you know, making some some accolade, bringing accolade and attention to some of the great play out there. And we're just getting started. This is fun because we, <laughs> we're going to have our, our, our award ceremony here. I'm in Texas in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. So right over in, in Frisco, Texas, uh, the night before the national championship game, we will host the FCS National Award Show. And uh, just check for that out on your Valley Sports Networks. It'll be on in, in, your, uh, in your area. Uh, uh, soon after that, that that show is is it's on a tape delayed basis, but uh, it'll be out there and uh, take a look at it. It'll be fun to watch, and, and we're going to give out uh, all of these awards which we've discussed here today. Well, Gary, it, it, there's five awards here, and it's not surprising that FedEx Ram really wanted to be aligned with the Doris Robinson Scholar Athlete Award. I mean, community service is such a big deal with the younger generation. And these winners in recent years were on the ninth year of this award. It's just unbelievable, you know, what they're doing and how they're impacting lives in the community, in the, on, you know, on campus. Uh, just great group of finalists. You can see them all on theanalyst.com. I, I do want to mention, Gary, that the uh, Stats Perform FCS All-America team uh, will be coming out as well Tuesday, December 19th. Uh, usually every conference is represented in, on that list. Uh, we do a freshman uh, team as well. Just, you know, uh, something to look forward to. And, and I, this might be my favorite segment of the, of the season, Gary, just talking about these namesakes of the awards, talking about the finalists, who, who you and I picked, knowing there's 56 ballots out there deciding these winners, Gary. Ooh, are you ready for this weekend, Gary? Yeah, we've talked enough about it, Craig. Let's play some football. This is this is going to be fun. We should we should have a good weekend of football. It's going to lead up to a great championship. Uh, and uh, I'm already getting some emails here from our FedEx partners talking about the game. They're getting ready to go to it. So uh, should be fun. Yes, FedEx Ground Stats Perform. We want to thank them for for bringing FCS delivered this week. Of course, Seth Biley and Graham Bell, our producers, really making it work here and happen behind the scenes. You can see all our coverage, Gary, on theanalyst.com, and that includes all the finalists that we've just talked about with the FCS season-ending awards. Gary, I hope you enjoy the games. I, like you mentioned, it's a multi-screen weekend. There are eight playoff games and the SWAC championship game. It's noon to, to after midnight on Saturday, Gary. I hope you enjoy it. Got to be a long day, Craig, but I'm going to hang in there. Our great, uh, great discussion here on FCS Delivered. We thank FedEx Ground. We hope you enjoy the, the weekend and all the games, and we will see you soon.